Hello, witchy friends, and welcome to episode five of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. And I just want to say thank you for joining me today. It has been such fun recording this podcast and just thinking about what I want to talk about with you, what's making me feel cozy, all the fun witchy topics that many of you suggested on my stories. And it's just been really great connecting with some of you through Instagram or those of you that have emailed me. And I just want to thank you. I am grateful for all of you. I am almost up to a thousand listens for my four episodes, which I never in a million years would have expected. So thank you. I hope that you're getting something out of this. I know that I am in just enjoying it. It allows me to revisit a lot of witchy topics um, that I haven't visited in a little bit of time. And it's helping me in my practice and continue growing in my craft. So thank you for allowing me to do this and for and for listening to me and coming back and listening to my episodes. It really does mean a lot. So today, the main topic that I want to discuss is all about ritual. And I'm not talking about formal rituals that you would do for, let's say, the new moon, which I'll be doing a formal ritual tomorrow. I'm talking about everyday small rituals that can keep you connected to your magical self, to your practice, and to your witchiness. And I'm going to go through my morning ritual and small rituals that I do throughout the day that remind me to stay connected to my authentic witchy self. So tune in for that in just a little bit. But before we get into the main topic, I want to share with you what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. Now I tried to find a sound that was raindrops because what's currently making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy right now is the rain but I couldn't find that. So I just have a regular interlude between this section. I thought maybe I could find some raindrops, but I wasn't able to find it through Anchor. So as I just said, rain. The rain has been coming down here all week in Pennsylvania. And although I love being outside, as you know, I love hiking. I love being in nature. I go for my walks every single day. As much as I love that, I am really enjoying rain and it making me stay inside and not be quite as active. And although I do miss being out in nature, I still get out there. I stand on my back porch, front porch. I looked at the moon in its waning phase over this week. Um, But I did not get to go on my long hikes like I normally would or my long walks with my dog. And although that is relaxing and part of what I love to do every day, the rain has forced me to be inside, which has really kind of upped the comfy coziness because I've been lighting more candles. I've been drinking more tea, sitting under the blanket and just curling up and watching some television and watching some movies. And these are things I don't always do because any any moment that I'm not working, and it's nice out, I tend to be outside. And when I'm outside, I'm active. I'm either walking or working out 
or working in the garden or doing some watering. So being inside now has forced me to kind of slow down a little bit, which is really comfy cozy. This week too, I think if you if you tuned in last week, I don't know if I mentioned this on my podcast, but I know I've mentioned it on my Instagram, you know that my partner was has been home from work because he was exposed to COVID and his test did come back negative, which we're so thankful for that. But he's been home all week and it's been rainy all week. So we've been doing a lot of family time inside playing games. We've had a lot of family movie nights. Our seven-year-old really likes Artemis Fowl, the movie that came out recently. And although I think the book is way better, he's been enjoying watching that movie. So we've watched that twice now. Last night, it was, again, raining outside. And so instead of going out for our evening walk, we ended up watching a throwback movie to the 90s. And I remember this movie when I was a kid called A Kid in King Arthur's Court. And I don't know if any of you have seen that before, but or it came out in, I think, 1994. I remember that movie. And my seven-year-old was so into it. it he doesn't, doesn't even notice how outdated it is, especially the part where, if you've seen it, the boy, I think he's probably, what, 12 years old, 13 maybe, he gets out a Discman, like from the 90s, a Discman CD player and starts playing that um, to King Arthur's Court. And it's just, it, it's really silly. It made me laugh. But I, we're watching this and my son is like, what is that? What is that? Because he has no concepts. But anyway, I digress. I'm going off <laughs> on a tangent about this movie. But it is related to the rain because the rain has forced us to be inside to have more family time to watch movies and to cuddle under the blanket. And last night while we watched the movie, my son was curled up right next to me the entire time. And it was so lovely because we were inside. You could hear the rain dripping on the roof. We had the fire. We actually had the fireplace going underneath the television, which is really cool. My phone was nowhere in sight. So I couldn't even check social media if I wanted to. I couldn't post on Instagram, which was so relaxing. And we were just curled up watching some television. So the rain has made that really nice. Also, I find that when it's raining in the mornings, obviously it's darker. And you know me, I love to do my morning ritual when it's dark outside before the house has woken up. And having that rain fall in the background has just been so beautiful. And I feel like it's connected me to my morning ritual and my morning practice even more because it's kind of setting that tone. It's setting that mood. And water too. Water, and I think I mentioned this last week on my grounding episode, you know, water is such a great conductor of energy. And so, you know, you're putting out the positive energy, then you have the rain, and it's just radiating more positivity right back at you. It it has just been lovely, to say the least. So I have so enjoyed the rain. Now, am I ready for it to lift so we can get outside? Um, Absolutely. I am ready for a nice day. And tomorrow, it's supposed to be sunny, And I think high of 55 degrees, which is perfect, so we can get outside. But right now, as I record this, I'm looking out my office window, 
and I can see it's drizzling. It's like that foggy drizzle. And I could go walk in this. It is actually really pretty out right now. But I think I am to the point where I'm ready for it to clear up at least for a day or two so we can spend some time outside before it gets really cold. So the rain. Rain is currently what is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. Today, I want to talk about ritual and specifically morning rituals or small repetitive actions that you can do every day to stay connected to your magical practice. Somebody had posted whenever I asked on my Instagram, what was it, a story a couple weeks ago, what topic she would want to hear about. Somebody had posted that they were interested in learning about staying connected to their magic throughout the day in small ways. And that's what prompted me to do this episode about ritual and small everyday tasks, small everyday rituals that keep us, like I said, connected to our practice. So when you look up the word ritual, you're going to find a lot of definitions that has to do with um, some sort of religious ceremony or solemn ceremony. A lot of them say a religious ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order or relating to or done as a religious or solemn rite or a ceremony performed in a customary way, uh, ritual conforming to religious rites. So all of these, you know, go back to religion, religion, religion. But I want to talk about ritual and it being related to magic and spirituality. So when I see religion in a lot of those definitions, I think spirituality or magical practice. That's what I'd like to use instead of saying religion, religion, religion. And I really like Meg Rosenbrier's definition of ritual, which is really short and sweet. And she wrote this in her book, The Healing Power of Witchcraft, that just released actually (laughs) only a couple weeks ago. And she says ritual is a premeditated set of magical steps honoring or inviting a chosen energy. Rituals are meant to align, cleanse, and enhance rather than change or transform. And you know, that to me is the perfect definition of ritual. And again, maybe it's not every witch's definition, but to me, I like that. A premeditated set of magical steps honoring or inviting a chosen energy. And that is exactly what I do. And I think many other witches do whenever they're performing some sort of ritual. And that can be a large ritual or small. And again, I want to talk about small everyday gestures, words, actions that you can do to up your magical game a little bit or stay connected to your magical practice. So first, I want to talk a little bit about my morning ritual and how that kind of sets the tone for the day. And as Meg said, you know, rituals are meant to align, to cleanse, to enhance. I feel like those are three things that my morning ritual does every single day. It has me aligning to myself through mind-body awareness. 
It has me kind of cleansing the slate for the day because I do an early morning ritual. It's the first thing, one of the first things I do every single morning. So it's kind of like a fresh, clean slate and then enhance. It enhances my day. And I know if I have not done my morning ritual, my son notices, my partner (laughs) notices, I notice especially, and sometimes I get a little bit crabby if I haven't done, you know, even a little part of my morning ritual, my card pull perhaps, or a little bit of meditating, like I get almost worked up over it. It's something that I I need to do because it does, it enhances my day, it enhances my life. And it, it has me feeling connected to myself, connecting to spirit, connected to my guides, connecting to deity. So it's so important to me that I have my morning ritual. So I'm going to chat a little bit about what that morning ritual is. Now I say the ritual is the first thing I do every day. That's a little bit of a fib because really the first thing I do is take the dogs out and get them fed because if that does not happen, then I cannot be at peace doing my morning ritual because they will be at my sacred space office door clawing at the door the whole time because they need to go out. And the little one, she likes to eat more than she likes to do anything in the entire world. She's a little Yorkie. And so she would be barking the whole time until I feed her. So the first thing I do is actually let let the dogs out and feed them. If my son is up before me, then I'll get him a little bite to eat. And then he can watch a little bit of television or play his Pokemon that you know by now he's obsessed with. And then and then I can go on to do my morning ritual. But I really, I really enjoy waking up early before the household is even awake to do my morning ritual, when I can do it in complete silence, and I don't have to worry about any interruptions. So I I let the dogs out, I feed them their food, and then I, I make my coffee and come into my ritual space. So the first part of my daily ritual is making coffee. That is part of my ritual. I make my coffee. I drink decaf. I don't drink caffeinated coffee. I stopped drinking caffeine about five years ago. Um, but I make. My, I love the taste of coffee though. So I make my decaf coffee. Every morning I stir in a little bit of sweetener, either honey, maple syrup, and sometimes the, the raw brown sugar, like the sugar in the raw. Uh, but recently it's been more maple syrup and honey. I put that in and a little bit of creamer. And then every day I put in a touch of cinnamon for protection, for warmth, to set, you know, a positive intention, protective intention for the day. And I stir the cinnamon and the honey or the sweetener in by stirring three times clockwise, asking just for those things to be with me for that day. So my morning ritual starts then when I am making that coffee. And so I start with a tiny bit of kitchen witchery, and then I bring it into my sacred space. So in my office is my sacred space in the corner. I have an altar. It's a fold-down desk, and I fold it down, and the first thing I do is light my candles. So every morning, I light a black candle for protection, and this is just something I do. I'm, I'm sure maybe other witches do this as well, but I just like to set that tone of protection. So I light a black candle and then I light typically whatever candles <laughs> I have. And as you know, I love my candles. 
Um, so I'll light another candle or two on or around my altar. I also turn on my salt lamp every morning and I have a little lamp next to my altar that's a tap, you tap it and it lights up and it's also a warmer, an oil warmer. So, and it has trees, really beautiful trees, like silhouette of trees and the light comes through the branches. It's really pretty. So I light that every, or I, I tap that every morning to get the light. And then right now I have a vanilla -y scent, a vanilla lavender, and I'm going to change it up soon to something more Yule-like, probably pine, a balsam um, fir scent as well, because I just love that during Yule season. So that's, that's what I do next. I sit in front of my altar and then I stretch. If I, if I don't do yoga, sometimes I do yoga before I come to my altar, but I always do some sort of mindful movement and stretching is one of the first things I do because as a writer, as a person who is hunched over my computer many hours a day, I need to stretch out my upper back. I have some upper back issues and neck issues. So I always start with stretching. I raise my hand, my arms over my head a couple times, take some deep breaths. And that is when I call my guides in for the day. So it's really simple as I'm stretching and my arms are up in the air, I'll, I'll say, guides, ancestors, deity, you know, whoever I'm working with of my highest good, I ask you to join me for my day. And it's as simple as that. I just ask them to please join me for my day. Sometimes it's a little more elaborate. I give thanks to them. Sometimes I'll do a little offering uh, to deity or ancestors, guides in the form of um, water or something I can place on my, something that I have placed on my altar. But most days it's just really simple. I just I simply invite them. Sometimes I thank them for the day before and I invite them to join me for the day, always for my highest good. And then, then I get started with my meditation. So after I've lit my candles, I've called in my guides, then I do some quiet meditation. And I meditate from anywhere between even three or five minutes to 25, 30 minutes. It just depends on uh, if I'm working on breath work, if I'm doing a guided meditation. It all depends on the meditating that I am doing. So I sit in quiet meditation for a while. And then I do some self-reiki to align my chakras. I'm a, a Yusui Reiki master. And I... I became a Reiki master just for myself, for my personal uh, well-being and my personal spirituality and being able to align my energies. So I, I do some self-Reiki and then I go into the next step, which is pulling my card or cards, depending on how I'm feeling, of the day. And typically I work with one deck in particular. Recently, though, I've been working with some new decks that I've been called to. In fact, I just purchased a new deck and, and it just came in a couple days ago. And I had posted about it on my Instagram, so you may have seen it, but it's the moon deck. And immediately, I mean, immediately upon opening the box, I knew that this was a deck that I needed to use for my morning ritual. So I did start to pull from a new deck just this week. So yeah, that's part of my morning ritual. I pull my card, sometimes cards if I feel like I need a little more guidance. And then I sit and think about, I meditate on that card for a bit. And then I go to my journal. 
And my journal, really, it's it's my book of shadows where I write my thoughts and feelings. I write about ritual work. I keep track of the moon phases, what I'm grateful for, for that day. So the next part of my morning ritual is journaling. And I have the same setup for my journal. I start with the moon phase. I write down, well, the date, of course, first is the date, the moon phase, I write what I'm grateful for, and I'm usually pretty specific with being, you know, writing down what I'm grateful for and and that gratitude. And then I go into my card pull and I write from what deck my card is. I jot down what the card is and then any significant meaning to me. And then I'll reference the guidebook if I feel like I need a little bit more, if I want to see what the artist or the creator of that deck has to say about that particular card. But I typically read intuitively, so I get a good sense of it. Working with a new card deck this week, though, I have been referencing the guidebook because I want to get to know that energy that the creator, the artist, and the author put into that particular guidebook. So... Like I said, I pull my card, I meditate on that, and I just jot down my thoughts. And then I write down thoughts in general. Maybe some things popped into my mind during my earlier meditation or while I was doing Reiki. And I just write those tidbits down if I feel like I need to. And my journal entries are usually a page a day. They're not super long. Sometimes it will go into the next page or two depending on my card read, how I'm feeling, if there's anything I need to write out to kind of get out of my head. But for the most part, they're just a single page. And I feel that because I do it every day, I keep up with how I'm feeling and how I'm connected to my practice. So if I feel if I journaled once a week, yeah, I would have a lot of pages, a lot of things to kind of get through, things that have gone through my mind, things that have happened. But Typically, it's just daily, and I have the one page. Now, when I'm finished with my card pool and my journaling, and I feel like I have everything written down and everything out on paper, I finish up for the morning, so I blow out the candles. I again thank my guides, ancestors, deities, fairies who are with me for the day, and then I move on with my morning, move on with my day. And again, this morning ritual takes anywhere from 10 minutes, depending on how long I meditate, to a half an hour or even more. And sometimes I'll tie together my rituals. So sometimes I'll do a morning ritual. And if it's a full moon, I might do my full moon ritual in the morning because I just feel I do better ritual work in the morning. That is my time. I'm a morning person. I always have been. I'm an early to bed, early to rise kind of girl. And so I I feel best when I do any magical work in the morning. And of course, there's a time and place for work in the evening as well. And I do that throughout throughout the moon cycles, throughout the year, during the Sabbaths. Uh, but I do find a lot of my ritual work does happen in the morning because I am at my best magical self, I feel, in the morning. And that's up to each individual person. So throughout the day... I have little things that I do when I cook, um, when I'm using herbs, I always thank and bless what I'm using to cook. Those are just tiny little rituals that keep me connected to my magic. And then 
one thing, another thing that I do every single night, I have a nighttime ritual that I've been doing, oh my gosh, for years. (laughs) And I added that on probably five years ago, I started doing this nighttime ritual. And it's really simple. So rituals can be tiny, tiny, simple things that connect you to your practice and connect you to your magic. And so my evening ritual, oh, and there she is. Almost every episode, you hear you hear Reese. There she goes. So my evening, sorry about that. My evening ritual is simple. I grab my lavender essential oil and I put a drop or two under each foot. So I just lift my feet and quickly just throw it on with my index finger. Then I take another drop or two in my hand, mix it with some unscented lotion rub that all together, mix it together in my hands, and then just rub it on my chest and on my neck. And I breathe in the lavender. I, again, do, I ask, I ask for calm and peace and a restful sleep. And then I get into bed and I do an evening meditation as well. So I meditate at least twice a day. And one thing I will say with all of my my morning ritual and my evening ritual, my bedtime ritual, all of that comes back to grounding, being in the present moment, being aware of my body, being aware of what is going through my mind. It is all coming back to grounding. And if you listen to last week's episode, which was all about (laughs) grounding, you know how I feel about that. I feel grounding is the basis to any magical working and magical practice. And so ritual work grounds me and meditation that I do in the morning and in the evening, all of that grounds me. So again, I've been doing an evening meditation uh, for five years now. And it's the same guided meditation that I find on Insight Timer. I know I talked about that, I think another week or maybe it was on a live, but it's on Insight Timer. And it's only I think 12 minutes long. And sometimes I'm awake for the whole thing. And sometimes I fall asleep. And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, if you're doing a meditation, you shouldn't fall asleep. Like meditating is about being completely aware. And I argue that when I am winding down for the evening and I'm starting my meditation, I get grounded in my body in the first, I would say, half to three quarters of the meditation. And then I get relaxed enough with my lavender, with the words that are being spoken, that I just fall into a sleep. And I'm okay with that because as a person with anxiety, it is nice to be able to fall asleep in 15 minutes every single night. I struggled for years tossing and turning and staying up, not falling asleep until two, three in the morning. And so there are people out there who say, oh, that's not really meditation if you're listening to it and you fall asleep. No, it absolutely is meditation. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing for me, the nightly meditation to calm me down, put me at ease so I can have a good night's sleep so I can function better the next day and continue functioning well because sleep obviously is such an important part to our practice as well. So that's a bit about my small rituals throughout the day. And I do want to talk quickly before I go into little things that you can do throughout the day to keep you connected to your practice. Um, I do want to mention something about rituals versus habits. So, you know, a habit 
you can think is maybe similar to a ritual because it's something that you do every day. You come back to over and over again. However, I would say, and again, this is me, not everybody. I'm not speaking for everybody else, but to me, a habit, when something becomes habitual, you kind of go through the motions. You do that thing like brushing your teeth. You have a habit every morning. Let's say you get up and the first thing you do is go to the bathroom and then brush your teeth. You have a habit of brushing your teeth. But while you're brushing your teeth, you aren't necessarily thinking about going over every tooth and brushing the teeth. Like you're thinking about what you're going to do that day. Your mind is kind of going all over the place. So to me, habits are things that you you get in a rhythm, you just do without much thought at all. You just do them. However, rituals, yes, also are repetitive actions, but they're things that you are conscious and aware of in the moment when you are doing them, thus grounding you, what I talked about earlier. So to me, there is a difference between making something a habit and making it a ritual. A habit for, let's say my night, my nighttime ritual, I could make it a habit to throw the essential oil on the bottoms of my feet. Just do it, wham, bam, done, get into bed. That's a habit because I haven't really thought much about it. I just throw it on my feet and I'm good to go. However, I make it a ritual because I do so with intention. I know the lavender is going to soothe. I know the lavender is going to calm, perhaps heal. It's going to help me with a good night's rest. So as I put it on my feet, I'm thinking about that. I'm making a ritual out of it and I'm connecting it to me, to my magic. And that is how I see the differences between making something a habit and making something a ritual. It's that intention that you have behind that particular item. And there are many things that that you can do throughout the day, just teeny tiny rituals. I mean, that take even seconds if you are just starting and you want to make, you know, a nice ritual practice. I understand not everybody has the amount of time in the morning to have a 10, 15, 20, 30, even an hour long ritual like I do. I get up early so I can do that. Uh, But there are little tiny things that you can turn into magical ritual every day. So like I said before, I start with my coffee. That's a ritual as I'm stirring in the cinnamon, as I'm stirring in the honey or the sweetener and inviting some kindness and sweetness into my day, some warmth and warmth and protection into my day. You can do the same thing with a cup of coffee or tea or even some lemon water, whatever it is. When you wake up in the morning, maybe you want to intentionally sip on or work with your drink. When you wake up too, maybe you want to grab an essential oil that corresponds to something you want to bring into fruition for that day. And so you might put a little bit of that essential oil behind your neck or rub it into your lotion. And while you're putting the lotion on every single morning, you're thinking about the intention behind that and turning that into a nice little ritual. Uh, Stretches. So when you, you wake up or throughout the day, when you're doing some stretches, you can make them intentional, not doing them out of habit, but make a ritual out of, of stretching and raising your arms in the air and asking for your guides to join you and asking for your ancestors or deity or whatnot to join you for the day for your highest good. You can make a ritual out of that. And then, of course, in the evening time, the same thing. You could do the same things, just teeny tiny things throughout the day that you do with intention, that you repeat 
every day, that's how you make a ritual. And again, it can start really small. It can start by lighting a candle or holding on to your favorite crystal every morning or alighting your incense while you get ready and just thinking about your day and how you want that particular scent to guide you on that day. My dog was just doing something. Are you okay, girl? (laughs) Um, So all of these are just tiny things that you can do to start and to build a, a bigger ritual. Maybe you've had years of doing small little rituals throughout the day and you've kind of felt a little bit disconnected from that. Then try some of these little things and you can get reconnected to to those rituals and to your magical self. So those are just a couple things. I'm thinking of other mantras, saying a mantra is an intention and repeating it every day, choosing a mantra every day, depending on what you want to call in, what you want to focus on, um, how you want to build yourself up. That also can be turned into a ritual as well. I didn't mention this, but every every card that I pull in my one deck that I work with most often has a mantra that goes with it. And so I write my mantra down every day and I also repeat that three times. So I've built that into my ritual as well. And if that's my only ritual of the day, that's fine too. It's just starting small and then you can grow from those teeny tiny rituals into something even larger if you want. But as I said, there are so many little things that you can do to add ritual into your day and to move forward throughout your day with intention and with that connection to your witchcraft and with that connection to your magic. So I hope that that gave you some good ideas for for small rituals that you can do throughout your day. I'll have another episode on larger (laughs) rituals um, for on the Sabbaths and moon rituals that would be episode, you know, their own episodes. I just wanted to touch on little things that you can do throughout the day to stay connected. Um, Because there are just so there are just so many things that you can do. So now let's talk about the card of the week, the card of the episode. All right. So I know I told you I have a new deck. I'm not going to actually pull from that deck because I still get connected to it. I am going to pull from my ritual deck, which is my favorite one that I feel knows me the best and that I work with most often. And the card that I pulled was the dark moon and rightfully so because we're going into that dark moon phase. The dark moon is right before the new moon. I mean, it is right before the new moon when you have, right after you've released anything that isn't serving you anymore, and you kind of sit in rest, in stillness, in observation at that last moon cycle, and you think about what you might want to manifest or what you want to see come into fruition for this next coming cycle. And as you know, we have a new moon Saturday going into Sunday, so tomorrow into the next day. So right now is a really good time for reflection. I know not everybody observes the dark moon. They see the dark and the new moon as kind of the same thing. I, however, though, am a person who does observe the dark moon. I And I've, I've commented on that before. If you've noticed, I don't post to social media as much on those days. I'm kind of quieter 
because I'm kind of sitting in stillness a bit. And so, yeah, the dark moon is all about that. And the energy of it is here to offer you to rest. So if you're hearing this now, no matter if it's the dark moon phase or not, this is just your reminder. Once in a while, it's good to rest. Just slow down. Listen to the rain. Just sit in silence and and be comfy cozy doing absolutely nothing. The mantra that goes along with this card is doing nothing is doing something. And I just love that because it's so true. The act of doing nothing might seem unnecessary, but it's a potent healer. Rather than doing and trying, it's time to be still and just to observe. If you thrive off of performing and achieving, then this can be a little bit difficult for you. And I know at times this is difficult for me because I'm juggling a million different things. But in order for me to work at my best, I need to just sit in stillness and in quiet sometimes. So be open to new ways of healing your mind, body, and soul. This is reminding you that it is time to rest. So I I kind of want to urge you to do what, what I do during this dark moon phase, which is stay off social media for a little bit, stay off technology for a bit. And I know I'm saying this going into a dark moon while recording my podcast and putting it out, which is a form of technology. I do understand the irony of that. But this is just, you know, urging you to consider turning off your phone, your TV, laptop for a little bit and just sit in quiet, sit in stillness, allow yourself to experience silence because it is an experience. Allow yourself just to get quiet. It can be uncomfortable and that's perfectly okay. I know silence can be uncomfortable. When I first started meditating years ago, it was very uncomfortable, but you get used to it and allow your thoughts to run free. It's okay. So let them run free if, if they do so, but try to observe your thoughts. Don't attach to them. Don't ruminate on them and think the same thoughts over and over and over again. Just kind of recognize, notice the thoughts going through your head when you're silent, and then let that thought go. And then the next thought will bubble up, will boil to the surface, and pop that bubble and then let that one go. And you may have heard that <laughs> that exercise before. Like imagine your thoughts being, you know, water boiling up to a bubble and then the bubble bursts and then the next feeling comes and just kind of let it go. And that's something that that I've done for many years and that I learned from John Kabat-Zinn, who is my, oh, my favorite, one of my favorite um, men who taught me meditation and taught me mindfulness techniques to reduce stress and to help control my anxiety a little bit. But if these unexpected emotions surface, you know, that's okay. Let them surface, let that bubble pop, let them come out. And if then your emotions begin to overwhelm you while you're sitting in silence, just tap into the energy of your root chakra. We talked about this last week on the grounding episode. Just imagine roots growing from the base of your spine and entwining into the ground. And just imagine that happening and being so connected to Mother Nature, to Mother Earth for that additional support if you need it. So those are just things that you can try out uh, when it comes to the dark moon. I urge you again, sit in silence, turn off the technology and, um, and observe your thoughts a little bit. And then we'll be moving into the new moon phase, of course. So I want to say thanks again for listening 
I, I love all the feedback that I'm getting from you all, all of the encouragement and the responses. And I know I say this every single week, but I feel like I need to because it's been amazing. And if you are enjoying this podcast and you enjoy what I have to say and you keep tuning in over and over again, I would be so grateful and appreciative if you would leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or leave a review or rate this. I'm up to eight ratings, yay, <laughs> which is super exciting. And, or even email, you know, email me feedback, whatever you feel comfortable with, message me on Instagram. So you can find me at Comfy Cozy Witch on Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. I have a private group. It is called the Comfy Cozy Witches. I think if you look it up, it'll pop right up. We're up to about 70 members, which is awesome. Other, other witches who like everything comfy, cozy, witchy, who tune into the podcast and who just want to chat about all of these magical things. And the group is private. So, you know, if you are in the broom closet, just, you know, I wanted you to know that it's a safe space for us to like share, share all sorts of things. So you can ask to join that community. And that's over on Facebook. I'm also... I don't even think I should mention TikTok. I signed up for TikTok, but I'm not very good at it. I don't think it's going to last long. I am Comfy Cozy Witch over there, but I don't really know what I'm doing. So there's that. And yeah, I think that about wraps it up. So next week, I had a number of people asking questions when I did a couple of lives about Yule and how I celebrate Yule and what exactly Yule is and some of the history of Yule. So within the next week or two, I will be doing an episode all about Yule and the history and the correspondences, how I celebrate, how you can celebrate, similar to my Samhain episode. It'll follow a similar uh, path. So tune in to hear that. And then I have some other ideas in the works for episodes. But again, thank you all for your comments. Thank you for listening. And until next time, stay comfy, cozy, and witchy.